Real quick driven mofos, you know I don't run any advertising or sell anyone else's shit on this podcast. So the only thing that I'll ever ask from you is that you help me get this podcast out to more people and spread the word by rating and reviewing this podcast. I promise it will only take 10 seconds, so please rate and review if you haven't already done so. And thank you in advance. Very few people in our society fucking talk about this and it does my head in. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I talk about the many lessons, learnings, and tools that I've learned along my journey from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to rich listers, successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and more, all while running business and personal performance events for tens of thousands of people who want to get the best out of themselves and their lives. This is my way of helping more people to excel in life, build successful empires, and be the best that they can be. I hope you share and enjoy. This is part number two of our three-part series. So that's number one. There's this disparity between where someone is and where they want to be that normally makes people feel depressed. Now, when most healthcare workers are working with clients or let's say psychologists, psychiatrists, most of them are afraid. They're afraid of the person either committing suicide, killing themselves, doing self-harm, or them getting their license to practice taken away. And so a lot of them just naturally support their clients instead of challenging them. And instead of challenging a person to think differently, they just slowly support the client and they keep supporting them. When the client walks in and they go, okay, well, tell me how your last week's been. Well, how do you think my past week's been? It's been fucking shit for the last 20 years. Okay, what, you think one week's gonna be different? Okay, well, what what I wanna do is give you a couple little tools and we can work through these things. Most of those tools are dog shit. How about challenging the person and saying, okay, look, I understand where you're coming from now. We've spent a couple of weeks figuring out where you are and where you wanna be. Here are some tools. Let's get you to where you want to be. Let's start talking about how to set goals effectively. Let's start talking about how to get you clear in your values and how to set up your life so you can start living them. Let's talk about how we start to break free from the values and the expectations that others have created upon you. And let me give you the tools to do that, which very few people in the whole mental health or psychology field have. They don't have the tools to break somebody's patterns of behavior around the implanted values of other people. So therefore, most people spend their whole life comparing themselves to others or people pleasing. When you're a people pleaser or compare yourself to others, you are naturally gonna feel like shit because you put yourself last or you put yourself first. And when you put yourself first all the time or you put yourself last all the time, you don't actually know how to control that. So some people who put themselves first all the time who just go, fuck it, I'm gonna go out there and achieve, and they push really, really hard to prove themselves, they can push a lot of people away. So they feel all alone. Then you have the other people that people please all the time. And when you people please all the time, you feel all alone because you have all these other people outside of you who give you all this validation, but at the same time, you feel lost in yourself and you feel all alone within yourself because you feel like I've been helping every other motherfucker and not taking care of myself. And so both of those two things are two extremes and most people live that way. They're trying to prove themselves to others through the implanted values of others, trying to please their parents, trying to please their teacher. They're worried about trying to prove themselves to that kid at school that called them fat. Now it's 30 years later and they're still trying to create a body image that allows them not to feel shit about themselves because they don't realize that they're still trying to prove themselves to that kid at school. And if they can't work through this stuff, they just stay trapped and eventually it becomes tiring. And when it becomes tiring, your mindset gets down and you start feeling shit about yourself and you think, fuck, when's this ever gonna end? And so now you start feeling a bit more depressed. You start feeling a bit more flat. And now you're in this downhill cycle because you've just had enough. Okay, these are so many common patterns of behavior that I've seen working with tens of thousands of people through my events, especially Thrive Time. And I don't think that it's fair that most people don't get given the opportunity to attend events like this, or they don't attend events like this because they're too busy sharing shit on their social media page about are you okay day? Or I've seen dumb motherfuckers who post on their social media pages, you know, mental health ambassador. And then all of a sudden they're in the background on people's posts, criticizing, judging, 
fucking trying to bring people down? What type of mental health ambassador are you if you're criticizing people? I've had people literally crucify me on my social media in the comment section or send me personal messages where people were like, I wish you'd fucking die, blah, blah, blah. And then on their page, on their profile, it says mental health ambassador. What type of ambassador does shit like that? That's not helping anybody. It's just that I've triggered a person and that person is now triggered and because they don't want to think about it and because it clashes with their beliefs and their bullshit ideologies, now all of a sudden they're fucking attacking me. Do you know how many people I see on social media who will talk about mental health and then attack other people on their social media page? How many people out there are part of these support networks who attack people on their social media pages? When you start attacking someone, there is a point where that person may kill themselves. And if that person kills themselves and you say things like, oh, I'm, I'm here for mental health support, I'm a kind person, and then you're out there bashing the fuck out of people on social media, that's not helping anybody. That's just so stupid. And that is a massive lack of self-awareness. And I've seen it happen so much on social media. It's crazy. Right now, I'm not saying I'm a savior or nor do I walk on water. I'm definitely not walking on water. I'm just a person having a person like experience that is very good in the field of human behavior and has done a lot of fucking study and know more shit than most other people. That's where my skill set is. Okay, but to get out there and pretend that you're almighty and good and then bash the fuck out of people on social media or abuse them or stuff like that, that's just crazy. That is a lack of self-awareness. In fact, I saw this years ago. There was anti-bullying campaigners that would have these, you know, talks. And if anyone sort of judged them or criticized their cause or anything like that, they would literally bully the fuck out of people. I watched people in this anti-bullying group had like tens of thousands of members bully the shit out of each other. Because if someone had a different point of view or a different perspective, they would disagree with each other and eventually it would just become an all-out assault on each other. And I was like, this is so interesting that these anti-bullying campaigners that are all against bullying are literally bullying the shit out of each other. They can't see it. Their lack of awareness was mind-blowing. Unbelievable. Now then when it comes to, let's say, things like suicide, when we have a look at suicide, three out of four suicides are men. In Australia, it's around about 1.8% of all deaths. When the media do it, the media grab hold of it and they say, you know, let's say, you know, 100,000 men died this year or 100,000 people died through suicide this year. The media don't really talk about suicide. Like they won't say someone killed themselves. They just say, you know, died of unforeseen circumstances or, you know, the cause is being investigated. They don't really say that it's suicide. So the news won't do that for some reason. They've made this commitment that they won't, you know, talk about people killing themselves. But then at the same time, there's all this shit on TV around mental health, mental health this, if you've got anxiety, and so on. So there's all these ads on men's mental health. When you get on social media, it seems like there are a lot of people talking about it. But the truth is it's 1.8% of all deaths. So it's less than 2% of deaths per year in this country are on suicide. That's not really high. It's high when you look at the numbers, but the media tend to grab hold of shit or these agencies and they will overinflate it. So if I say that it's 1.8%, okay, 1.8% of the whole population, so essentially it's two people out of 100 deaths. If I say 1.8%, it doesn't seem like much. When I say it's two out of 100 people, you go, oh yeah, that seems a little bit more. But if I say there is 1,000 deaths per year from suicide, that seems like a lot. So it's worded and phrased in a way that makes it sound worse than what it is. Okay, it's, it's still bad. It's not a good thing. It's just that the media or, or agencies tend to want to use numbers that make it sound worse than it is. So then more people get involved in it. There's a lot more people talking out about it. And so it creates this huge exposure. Now the exposure's there, but once again, the solutions aren't. Now three out of four suicides are men. Women tend to do more self-harm. So a woman will tend to self-harm herself 
and end up in hospital. So whether it's cutting herself, taking an overdose of medication, whether it be, you know, smashing her head against the wall or whatever it is, it's normally self-harm. So women tend to self-harm more, whereas men tend to commit suicide more, as in kill themselves. Now, when we look at men specifically, normally for a man to feel lively, they need to feel competent and accomplished. Very few people in our society fucking talk about this and it does my head in. So in order for a man to feel alive, they have to feel a sense of accomplishment. They have to feel competent. That's why they normally solve problems. So men in most cases are normally good problem solvers because they want to solve problems in order to be able to move forward and progress. And then it makes them feel accomplished and competent. They want to get stuff done around the house. Now, how do you make a man feel like shit? Let's ask that question. What we do is we make them feel incompetent, number one. So you get home from work, you've worked hard all day. Let's say you've been working up in the mines because I've seen this happen time and time again. You work up in the mines, you've been working away, you're working 13, 14 hour days every day. You're working your fucking ass off. You've been working away for two weeks and you work two weeks on, one week off. Now, when you ask most men who work away, why do you work away? They'll normally say to support my family and to make sure that my kids have a better upbringing than I did. So they go away, they work in the mines for two weeks and they're working for their family. They get home, they walk in the front door and all of a sudden, there is a reset of what's happening in the house. So normally, let's say the male is more masculine and the female is more feminine. The male walks into the household, but for the last two weeks, the female has been the masculine person in the household. Now, if you haven't listened to my talks on masculine and feminine traits, it has nothing really to do with males and females. It has nothing to do with someone has a penis or a vagina. It has to do with the traits that they express. Now, masculinity is more around competence, structure. It's normally a protector, whereas feminine energy is more of a nurturer. And it's more around looking after the friendship circles, the structure, communication, all of those types of things. When masculine energy isn't present in a household, normally the person who is feminine will then step up to become masculine. They become the protector. So if you look at single mums, they normally go from being more of a nurturer to more of a protector in the household dynamic when there is not a male present. In most cases, unless in a homosexual relationship, you will see that there is normally one person who is more masculine and more feminine. So the masculine person naturally wants to protect and the feminine person wants to nurture in most cases. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm, as a masculine person, not a nurturer as well. There are times where I nurture. But my natural tendencies in life is to be competent, to accomplish things, to get shit done, to achieve things. I'm more rigid in my opinions and structured. I will tend to be more grounded. Whereas Jessie, on the other hand, is more feminine. So she's more in flow. She is more creative. She is more vibrant, just in the household dynamic. And there's a lot more to it. You can go back and listen to the episodes on masculine and feminine traits. Anyway, let's go back to it. You've got a, a male who goes away, goes and works in the mines, very masculine environment. Then they come home and you've got the female who has now, and I'm just talking about a heterosexual relationship, but you know, this can work in a homosexual relationship as well. If the feminine person's been at home, they may have been working also, but the home environment is their masculine place now because they become the protector of that environment. And survival is more important than nurture. The survival response kicks in, the feminine energy now turns and becomes more masculine. Masculine person comes home, they want to become more feminine. They want to relax, they want to heal, they want to nurture for a couple of days at least so that they can rebuild their energy. The feminine energy is a very nurturing energy. That can mean nurturing our energy. It can mean nurturing our emotions. It may mean nurturing ourselves through self-healing. So when a person is burnt out, they normally become more feminine straight away. So if you look at a professional athlete that's on the field and they're very masculine, they're achieving, and it doesn't matter whether it's a female sport or a male sport, 
in sport, because it's about achievement and accomplishment and being competent, people will express more masculine traits in sport. After they play, they will normally become more feminine and be more feminine in their trait because they need more nurturing and healing. So that's where they need more support and they need more people around them to help them out. Now, that's not saying that feminine energy needs that, but it's saying that the support is the nurturing. So a professional athlete will normally have a team of people around them that helps to nurture them so that they can be more feminine in that process and then get back to training and exercising and pushing themselves and being very competent and accomplished. And this is why all people, whether it's male or female, will move in and out of these traits throughout the day. So, you know, throughout the day, I have times where I nurture a little bit. So I might read or I might meditate or I might go for a walk or something like that. For me, that's a healing energy. That's more of me nurturing my feminine side. Whereas on other days or other parts of the day where I'm very driven, that's very masculine. So you have the male that comes home, wants to be more feminine because they've been working away, they're burnt out and they're tired. The female of the household has now become more masculine. Then now she wants to relax and she wants to go back into her feminine state, but so does also the masculine trait. So therefore, there is no masculine trait in the house. So then what happens is they start picking on each other in order to get connection because they don't know how to communicate effectively. Then it gets aggressive. The masculine energy naturally heats up and attacks the feminine energy, whether it be verbally, whether it be vocally, or they will do what some guys do and that is just shut down. And when they shut down because they don't want an argument and they don't want to fight, the feminine energy naturally thinks that that person isn't masculine anymore and they're very weak. So they lose the respect of that masculine energy. And they're like, well, you're a fucking pussy. Why are you, you just shut down. You don't want to fucking talk. And so the feminine energy becomes triggered and it starts nitpicking. And they start nitpicking because they want to get connection in some way, shape or form. And most natural feminine energy will nitpick if it can't get communication or attention or affection in a empowering way. It will try to get it in a disempowering way through getting connection through arguments and fights and nitpicking shit. So then now you've got this self-destruction going on in an intimate relationship. So this guy's worked away for his family for two weeks in order to provide for them and to do shit that he doesn't probably want to do. Then he gets home and now he's got this fight with the person that he loves and cares about. He feels like he's incompetent. He feels like he can't rest. He's burnt out. He's tired. He's frustrated. The feminine energy also feels unsupported. And now you've got relationship stress as well. So now when he's working away, he's working hard physically, but mentally he feels okay. When he gets home, he's burnt out. He's tired. He's fucked. But now mentally, he's feeling like he's burnt out and he's stressed and he's frustrated because he doesn't know what to do. His relationship isn't what he expects it to be. Then the kids come home. He feels like he has no authority in the house again because the wife or the female has been providing the structure for the last two weeks for the kids. And so the kids have this almost lack of appreciation, or lack of respect for the father's natural masculine tendencies to give order and structure and to create rules and boundaries. And so the kids start pressing against that. So now he feels like I get home, I'm getting stress from my partner. I also am getting stress from the kids and the kids disrespect me. My wife disrespects me. And then I'm away for two weeks. And when I'm away for two weeks, I'm working my ass off in order to support these motherfuckers that don't support me. And now you can see them starting to melt down. And this can happen quite a lot. And it normally happens because of ineffective communication. And most males aren't taught how to communicate effectively. Also, most females aren't taught how to communicate effectively. What will happen is females are normally good at communicating with other females who are feminine. And so they'll both communicate in feminine ways. But when you have a masculine energy who communicates in masculine ways, which are very literal, and you have feminine energy that communicates in more of an emotional and how they feel way, you can have problems, the same problem being communicated in two completely different ways. And it seems like one person's speaking French and the other one's speaking fucking Chinese, and they're both trying to communicate effectively. And all that happens is they both keep pointing at shit and they start getting more aggressive towards each other because the other person doesn't understand what the fuck they're saying. And so now you've got this full-on argument, you've got these heated arguments. This poor guy has just worked for two weeks, he's come home, 
He feels like he can't communicate with his partner. His wife doesn't understand. His kids disrespect him and he's feeling like shit. He's like, why am I doing all this crap? And now he's in either a freeze response. He's in a fight response where he becomes all aggressive. The freeze response is where he just mentally and emotionally shuts down or he just fucking walks away. Anytime he does that, he loses the respect of his wife. Driven mofos, I'm guessing that you found out about this podcast because someone shared it with you, posted it on their Insta stories, tweeted it, or something like that. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and getting a heap of value from it, just like those who shared it with you. As you know, I don't run any paid ads or sponsorship on this podcast, as it's my goal to get good information out to the world for free. The only thing that I'd ask from you is that you continue to pay it forward by sharing this episode and letting others know about what we do in this podcast so that we can keep growing this amazing community of driven mofos. So please keep the good karma rolling and share this episode with someone or just share it on your socials. And so now the relationship's starting to fall apart. So now you've got, I'm working hard. My family's starting to fall apart. My wife doesn't respect me. Can you see how these mental health issues are happening and why they're happening and why most of the solutions are just shitty fucking solutions because we're not teaching people how to have better relationships. We're not teaching people how to respect each other better in their relationships. We're not teaching people how to get clear on their values, their purpose, and their mission in life so that they feel like they're doing something fulfilling in their life when they're working hard towards something. Instead of feeling like they're working hard towards something that one day in the future will reward them, but meanwhile they're suffering in misery doing something that they don't enjoy because they're not taught how to do that. They're living with implanted values of other people and they're trying to gain the respect and the appreciation of other people, whether it be their friends, their family, their parents, and so on. And so they're overspending. And when they overspend, now they're trapped financially. And so you can see here that slowly people are falling apart because they're not given the tools to help them. And then what happens is they go and sit in an office with a fucking therapist and the therapist asks them, how are you feeling? Well, how do you think they're feeling, you fucking dipshit? What a dumb question. Okay, how about helping them to become more competent, especially men? Make them feel more competent. Help them to understand how feminine energy communicates. Now, there are some good therapists out there, by the way. There are some great therapists. There are some great psychologists, some great psychotherapists. There are some great coaches. But the majority of them are fucking shit, okay? And they're shit because they don't know how to understand this stuff. And they haven't been taught this stuff. I tried teaching coaches many years ago about this stuff. And we used to run coaching programs. And we used to get doctors and healthcare professionals coming along. But what I found was there was also a huge group of coaches that would come to my events, misinterpret my shit go out there and then they all had to try and create their own programs because for whatever reason, they needed to feel significant in their own way and they had to feel like they were the numero uno and the best person out there and the best coach in the world. And you know they put that on their social media that they were the world's number one coach or whatever the fuck they do. And then what would happen is they wouldn't be helping people with the tools that I'd created because they have to go out and create their own tools and try to do shit better because that's the way that they get their attention and their significance. And so what happened was my shit started getting bastardized and so I just pulled the program. I was like, you know what? I don't want to teach people this stuff. And then they fuck it all up. And then people go, where'd you learn this shit? And they go, well, I learned it from Mojo. But at the same time, they didn't learn it from me. They learned part of it from me. And then they just literally turned it into a bloody pig with lipstick. I've been asked, like recently, I've had a couple of people from the emergency services come through our programs. And when they did Thrive Time, it helped them a lot, especially with their mental health issues that they were having and that they were getting therapy for. And so they asked me to help create a program with the tools that I've created for specifically the emergency services and also for the military, which I'm putting together. I just need more time to do it. If the business that I've got currently was running more effectively and efficiently operationally, and I wasn't spending a lot of time with Jess building all the operations of the business, then I would be able to get out and build these things a lot faster. But unfortunately, unfortunately, I've had to build a lot of the operations of the business so that it'll free up my time later to be able to do this stuff. So I've had to put it on hold for a little bit. But also the other thing is that we have to understand that men really want to feel competent so something that Jess and I spoke about many years ago is feminine energy, whether it wants to admit it or not, wants to be noticed. And masculine energy wants to feel competent and accomplished.
So when we're talking about getting attention, it's that they get noticed. So for instance, if Jess is just walking around the house and I just stop and I look at her and I just smile and she might not even be looking at me. And then all of a sudden she'll turn around and capture my eye. She'll look at me and then she'll smile, but she gets all giggly and shy. And it's normally because that makes her feel appreciated and respected. Okay? So it's those little moments throughout the day for the feminine energy that are important. If she goes and gets her hair done or she wakes up in the morning and she gets dressed or whatever. And I just notice her and I'm like, oh, you're looking good in those pants today. She smiles and she's like, oh, no, you know, I'm feeling a bit fat today. And I'm like, come here, give me a cuddle. And I give her a cuddle. And then she feels respected and appreciated and loved. Those moments in time for someone who's feminine build throughout the day and it makes them feel appreciated. On the other hand, masculine energy doesn't need that. If I put on my jeans today and just goes, oh, your bum looks good in that. I go, yeah, cool, cheers. If someone comes up to me and they go, oh, your events are awesome. I love them. I go, yeah, cool, thanks. I ignore it in most cases. What masculine energy normally thrive on is being competent and accomplishing things. So if I can overcome a problem today, I feel like my day's good. If I can feel accomplished, like let's say, for instance, if I just take the bins out and Jess comes back for a walk and she goes, hey, thanks for putting the bins out. I'm like, hey, cool, thank you. Okay, it's because I feel like I've achieved something and I've been noticed for that. Let me say that again, feminine energy or females in general, okay, as a generalization, but females can be masculine and feminine. They have times of being masculine, times of being feminine. But in an intimate relationship, you'll have one person who expresses more masculine traits and one person who expresses more feminine traits on average. When you have more of a person who expresses masculine traits, they will feel better and they will feel more supported in life when they are noticed for their accomplishments and for being competent at things. Husband goes and puts new batteries in the remote control. Wife turns the TV on and goes, oh, hey, thanks for putting new batteries in the remote. Husband goes, hey, hey. He feels like Fonzie from Happy Days, hey. You know, he feels good. Then he takes the bins out. Wife goes, hey, thanks for taking the bins out. He goes, hey. And because of that, he feels like he's accomplishing things. To the masculine energy, that's really important. Now to the feminine energy, it's not, which is why most females who are probably listening to this go, well, fuck, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you give a fuck? Like, it's insignificant. You just took the bins out. Now I hear couples say this shit all the time. Well, he only took the bins out. Like, what does he want, a fucking medal? It's not that. It's that just being those moments of times where you go, thank you for doing that. They will keep doing it because it stacks their competency. And for the masculine energy, that is super important to them. I used to watch my dad do shit around the house and my mum would get home and point out the things that he didn't do. And eventually he would just give up. He just didn't give a fuck anymore. So my mum would write a list. She'd go on holidays or she'd go away for the weekend with her friends or whatever. And she would write a list for dad. Dad would wake up in the morning. He'd go outside. He'd have a coffee or whatever he'd do. He would do some stuff on the pergolas. He would do some painting around the house. He would fix bits and pieces. And he would slowly work through the list. Then he'd have a beer in the afternoon. He'd just sit and chill and look. Then mum would come home and go, oh, okay, yep, cool. Yep, he's done all this shit. Then she would go, oh, hey, you didn't do this one thing. And dad would sit there and I'd watch him deflate. Oh. And then next time, mum would ask him to do a job. He would do that job and she'd go and pick little bits at it. And then eventually he just got to a point where he's like, you know what, I can't fucking win, so who cares? I'm going to get in shit. I'm going to get told that what I do is not good or I'm insignificant because that's really what you're saying is you're insignificant. I'm going to be insignificant whether I do the job or don't do the job, which one's easier. So after a while, he just stopped doing shit because either way, my mum would be pissed off, but I would watch him deflate. Now that relationship has changed over the years. Like I think mum's become a lot more aware of it. But I notice that just a lot of the time throughout the day, Jess will say things like, hey, thanks for doing the dishes this morning. I'm like, cool. She sees my achievements. Hey, thanks for doing that. Hey, thanks for taking care of that problem. Hey, thanks for talking to the team. The more that she does that, the more I want to keep doing it. And the more I want to keep achieving. That's a natural masculine trait. On the other hand, females or feminine energy needs to be noticed. And most guys don't notice their partner. Their wives go and get fucking their hair done. And they get home from work and the wife goes, oh, do you notice anything different? The husband's like, I don't know. Did you go shopping today? 
And the wife's like, you fucking prick. I go and make myself look good for you, you fucking asshole. And you don't even notice my haircut. Okay, that's going to make her feel like shit. Then there's going to be things where she's nurturing the kids or looks after the kids. And instead of just looking at her and just smiling at her and she's dealing with the kids. And then all of a sudden she turns around and catches your gaze. And you're looking directly at her and you smile at her. And you go, you're such a good mum. And she goes, oh, you know, it's been stressful lately. And you go, I know, but I also know how much you care about the kids. That means a lot to this family. And all of a sudden she feels appreciated. And because she feels appreciated, she feels like she's being noticed. And because of that, she wants to do more of it. Now you've got a relationship with two people that feel both supported by each other versus most females think that most guys get their appreciation exactly the same way. Oh, hey, that shirt looks good on you. Guys are like, oh, whatever. They don't give a fuck. Don't notice that. Notice their accomplishments and notice them being competent. Okay, notice them doing little things around the house. Notice them doing little things for themselves. When they go to the gym, hey, look at, look at, that, look at the shoulders on that guy. Okay, and have a bit of a joke with him. And he'll be like, hey, like he'll puff himself up a little bit. Why? Because he still feels there's part of him that wants to still feel like the tribal warrior. Like he's the warrior of the household that will protect people, that'll look after the family, that'll do whatever it takes to make sure that everyone's okay in that household. That's how masculine and feminine energy works. If you're ever unsure of this, ask yourself, what were people doing 10,000 years ago? Most males were hunters. They were hunters because they went out to accomplish shit. When they go out and accomplish, they don't go out and they don't go and hunt and talk the whole time. They go out and they hunt, but they hunt very quietly. Why do they hunt quietly? Because when you're talking the whole fucking time that you're hunting, the animals run away. So therefore, good hunters don't really talk a lot. This is why men don't talk a lot, because as a good hunter, there's part of something that's wide in the brain. Now look, there are plenty of people out there who say dumb shit like, oh yeah, but that's like 2,000 years ago, we're different, like humans should have evolved. Okay, humans should have evolved, maybe, in your ideology. But the truth is that every layer of evolution builds on the previous layer. And so there's still part of natural biology that happens in the human brain. There are things that naturally will fire us off to feel scared and afraid. Why does it do that? Because it's a natural survival response. Now, I live in Adelaide in a nice house. I make good money. I'm living a lifestyle. Why then do I have any fear? Why? Because that response is still there. I can walk down the street and the next second a car toots its horn as it goes past, scares the shit out of me and naturally, bang, adrenaline gets triggered. Cortisol gets triggered and I go straight into a stress response. Why? Because in any moment of threat, my brain goes, bang, straight back into a survival response. And it reacts that way because it's done so for thousands upon thousands of years for human evolution. So saying, well, humans should behave differently. What you're saying is that the prefrontal cortex, yes, is developed. If you can think clearly, you will act differently. But most people don't think clearly. They act on their emotional states based on fear, which is flight, fight, and freeze response. It's survival. Most people in our society, doesn't matter whether they're in a third world country or a first world country, most people still live in survival responses based on their thought processes. So when someone wakes up every day and they go, shit, I've got to go to work. I've got to get a job. I've got to go do this. Shit, my family's falling apart. They're in fear consistently. So they're in survival mode. Their brain is still reacting and responding exactly like a primitive being. This is also why that if you put someone into a survival response and you corner them, they can kill somebody. Why can they kill them? Logically, it doesn't make sense. If someone breaks into your house, you just walk up and you stab them, right? Who knows? They might be just someone who just needs a feed. They're just coming into your house because they want to steal some shit so that they can feed themselves. Now, if you look at that logically and you go, okay, cool, if you just left them alone, they're going to take your TV and go off, you're going to get insurance and they take that and they get to feed themselves. Probably feel good about that situation. But the truth is that when someone enters your home, that's your safe space, 
naturally, you're going to drop into the amygdala, which is your fight, fight and freeze response naturally. And anyone who's ever had their home broken into, you will know that for months after that, in most cases, you'll feel on edge. Not logically, but because your brain has gone into a survival response, you feel that that space isn't safe anymore. And so you drop into that response. When that happens, now all of a sudden, you're operating out of a more primitive state within the brain structure. Now, if you walk downstairs when that person is in your home, you're not only in the survival response, you're in complete reactivity. And reactivity means if there's a kitchen knife there, I'll probably grab it and stab them. Or if there's a bat there, I'll probably grab them and hit them with it. If there's a chair, I'll probably smash them with it. Why? Because you don't think logically in those situations. You go straight back into your reflexes, which is the most primitive mental state. The most primitive mental state is reflexes where you don't think, you just do. Then you have the emotional states and then you have the logical states. That's pretty much the sort of three evolutional stages of the brain. So there are plenty of people out there who will listen to this and go, well, men shouldn't act like that and women shouldn't act like that. And, you know, just because they're a woman doesn't mean that I act like this all the time or just because they're a man. I know that. That's why I suggested go back, please, and listen to my episode on masculine and feminine energy because it's relative. And there can be relationships where a female is more masculine and the male is more feminine. There are relationships where you can have a homosexual relationship where one person is naturally more feminine and the other one's more naturally masculine. The idea of masculine and feminine are terms used as a philosophical construct to understand how things operate and how things work, just like most things in life. Labels are there only to understand, not to define. I don't define myself as being a masculine person. It's just there to understand that naturally I tend to use more masculine tendencies as my naturally daily mode of operation. But I still have lots of times where I'm feminine throughout the week because I use those traits in order to heal, to nurture, to grow, to express, to communicate more effectively, and so on. Please remember to listen in to the next episode, which will be part number three of this three-part series. <laughs>